Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. See next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Hit us up on Twitter at Married with Movies, hashtag Mullet on Temptation Island. Let's get us on there. <laughs> oh boy. This motherfucker. <laughs> this motherfucker. So let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I don't know if you know this, but Mullet's a big wrestling <laughs> fan. He's a I'm big like dork. Conor McGregor. This, who the fuck is who this guy? Who the fuck is this guy? So Mullet watches wrestling every single night of the week. No, it's just the season. Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and yeah, Thursdays. Yeah, knows days of the week too. And Don't Fridays and Sundays. So almost every day of the week. So today, so... NXT was on today. First time on Tuesdays. And right after NXT, Temptation Island came on. I don't know who the fuck these people are that go on Temptation Island. What do you think was going to happen? Like, it's called Temptation Island. In case you don't know, it's a show about, like, a bunch of couples that go on, like, some, like, beautiful resort. And, and they're the whole separated. Goes, like, they're separated with, like, hot singles around them. And it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, you know what's going to fucking happen. No. This motherfucker no, had the, the goal. No, 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 no. I didn't you're say like, it. You're like, what do the people think you're going to do? Like, if you ever won the show, I was just sitting here, minding my own business, finishing editing Podswoggle, yeah. wrestling podcast entertainment, uh, our last episode uh, for the time being. Yeah, um, and if you went on Temptation Island, it'd be your last episode of your life. And I just like riling you up and be like, man, we should go on the show and just be boring, play games, do the podcast, be like, hey, you guys want to watch, watch Miracle? You guys want to watch Hereditary? It'll fuck you up. And you're like, I'm going to shove a penis down your throat. Whoa. I didn't say just any penis. I said if you... My own penis. Not my own penis. Your penis. I said if you went on this show and you were tempted... So I'm saying let's put our money and our, my penis where our mouths are. <laughs> and let's go. We almost were on Tool Academy like 15 years ago. We sure did. I almost going 15... So what's... On Tool Academy 15 years ago. We were much better improvisers then. No, I'm a much better Number improviser one. now. I'm, I'm I was better. a much better improviser then. No, you weren't. You were an actual tool. I'm not... I'm not a, I was not, nor have I ever been, a tool. You've always been a douchebag. Let's get that right. Let's get that straight. That's not a tool. They're this synonymous. Well, like I guess like an actual douche is a tool, right? It's like a vaginal tool. <laughs> sure. Vaginal tool, Barry Windham. What we do here every single week is uh, before we but get... But this motherfucker said, let's go on Temptation Island and play board games. Look, we... And thought I would fall for it. We need a good group of people. I just remembered we wouldn't be together. <laughs> Sorry. That was not 
in my mind when that came up. Yeah, you were staring at that girl's tits on the I screen. Was not. She was twenty two. What <laughs> do I a twenty two year old have in common? You know that's all sad. That's that's a sad thing. It's like I'd go on the show and they'd be like, the fuck is this somebody's dad on the show? <laughs> it's fucking depressing. <laughs> we talk about how sad our lives are together and then we fight and yell at each other. We're in our mid thirties. Hey, hey, no, I'm not in my mid thirties yet. Not yet. I'm mid to my mid thirties almost. I'm in my <laughs> late early thirties. <30s. laughs> that's what thirty-four is. Late early thirties. You know the other day I forget who I was talking to, but I forgot how fucking old I was. <laughs> I forget how old everyone is. I still think Tatiana's eighteen. Bro, how'd you get a ticket to see this movie in theaters? Who bought her that fucking ticket? Excuse me, sir. <laughs> Reminds me of, uh, I'm sad, well, like, I'm happy that I'm not this way, but I, I just also, I think I was talking to Rich the other night when we were after WrestleMania, we were like, like telling college players, I'm like, hey, remember like the last beer Olympics we did when we needed a fourth because nobody else like could be on our team, so we got our friend from work at the time, Kyle Witte. Kyle Witte. Like, who was like 40 then, and like, Had- <laughs> our friend Tim came up and was like, hey, who's that fucking 40 year old guy that's here at the party? <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's my partner for the beer Olympics. He goes, oh, Cool. <laughs> and now he's a dad. Yeah, he wasn't a dad then, but he's a dad now. Um, it is April 13th, 2021. Uh, it's been a little while since we've recorded. Had a lot going on. Uh, that's why we haven't recorded in a while. WrestleMania. We've already talked about it and already uh, promoted Podswoggle. Go and listen to our picks and go and listen to our recap for WrestleMania. Um, took up most of the time this weekend. Uh, Podfather, former guest of the show, Rich Camelucci, was here. Enjoying the festivities. We went to uh, so many toy stores and toy... Uh, toy... Uh, uh, storage units. And had so you much food. You went to one toy storage unit. Don't make it like you went on an adventure. Make sure you're subscribed to Podswoggle for whenever I go back to that storage unit and do a podcast. And then I never record anything ever again. Do you want to know my favorite part of the weekend? What was that? It was on Podfather Rich Camelucci's show. Um, on his show on Instagram. The Whack Pack. And our lovely daughter likes to guest star. So Jillian was guest starring. And we're going through cards. And um, the picture's on the cards. Rip was holding it up to the camera. And Jillian saw a picture. She's like, that's my daddy. Like, no, Jay, that's not your daddy. That's my daddy's hair. It was a guy's bald spot. That's fine. I'm uh, over it now. Pff, I bullshit. forgot everything. I'm just going to put it on while we record. I don't even know what you're talking about. I have a really good uh, bl- blocking out system. You don't have a good way with words. Neither do you. Mm-hmm. Go on. I watched a movie last week, and I haven't talked about it. I'm going to talk about it now. Think. <laughs> Think fourth grade Ed. Like, I don't understand what that was. Fourth grade The movie I watched was The Father. I enjoyed it very, very much. The part that I liked was when the man kept forgetting things. No, uh, I watched... But, but you spelled, like, farther? Yeah, yeah, so I get, like, a B minus. <laughs> I watched The Father... She plunked down the money to rent it because I'm a completist this year. I am down to two, two movies. And hopefully by the time 
Uh, next week's episode rolls around. I will watch those two movies because next week, if you're not subscribed to the Blank Slate on uh, the Arcade Audio Network of Shows, it is our kind of an, an auxiliary podcast for whatever we want to discuss amongst all the creators in uh, the Arcade Audio family. Myself and Rich and Tony Colt, the uh, three unofficial hosts of that podcast, will be doing a deep dive into the 2021 Oscars before they take place on April 25th. We don't have anything that weekend, right? Uh, next weekend, we don't have anything. I know we have something on Saturday, but nothing on Sunday. Good, good. Oscar time. I'm very invested. Um, so I watched The Father, and I think I've referenced, like, leading up to watching it on this show that I have not necessarily been excited to watch it. It very much, to me, felt like the movie every year that's Oscar bait that is just not going to be for me, Right. This is the conversation, and I'm talking to you. Right. Thanks. So I watched it. <laughs> you can just go in the other fucking room. Um, okay. And I'll just play off of nothing, because it can't be that much more difficult. Watched it. I thought you were a good improviser. And I am. I'm a great improviser. I've been carrying you for a fucking decade and a half. Not yet. Not on the podcast, just in life in general. I've enjoyed it very, very much. The point is Why totally you sound lost so now. Angry? Because you've ruined my point. Because I was expecting you I'm to so like sorry. engage me. I'm sorry. I was taken aback by how much I liked it. It is definitely in the top percentage of Oscar movies that I've watched. I was super surprised when you told me that because I had no desire to see this. So, I didn't even. I so I want you to see it. It's very oh. sad. It's very depressing. Oh great, expect. yeah, thanks. Cool. I like but, how the only movies you ever want me to see are terrifying or depressing. Yeah, it's called art. Instead of watching your silly Riverdale and the Cum what, Squad Riverdale? on CW. I don't know what part of that's the Cum Squad. They're the Jughead. Vixens. <laughs> um excuse me, sir. It's not silly. It's dramatic. I did not know the device it uses to tell the story. So without get, like getting too into it, this is how I, I explain how the movie would be. It is basically a dementia simulator. That's terrifying. Yeah, you are watching the story and it uses unreliable, not an unreliable narrator, but an unreliable protagonist to put you into that human being's world. That's one of the scariest things. Oh no, it was it was it was terrifying, but it was absolutely phenomenally done, wonderfully acted. Anthony Hopkins and I think the best performance I've ever seen him in. And he was Hannibal fucking Lecter. Uh, yeah. which has honestly given me some some thoughts about the the best actor race that's how good he was in this wow that's amazing. i that's really and it cool. wasn't and it wasn't overly long it was like 94 minutes i thoroughly loved it that's interesting yeah that's interesting but that's so scary to me like oh yeah oh the no, whole it, dementia alzheimer's thing is terrifying to me because you know what how sad i'm yeah. gonna start crying can't can you change it sure hereditary is God today's episode <laughs> <laughs> nominated by me. You should have just taken off my makeup when I got home. My glasses will spill. Yeah, you might as well just take those glasses off and just not be able to see the rest of the episode because it's going to get bad. God damn it. Hereditary. Today's Alexa, 
turn off the light. This generation's the exorcist, but heads will spin more savagely, says Time Out New York. Five stars. A triumph for Tony Collette, says the Los Angeles Times. A modern-day horror masterpiece, says USA Today. These are like places. When Ellen, the matriarch of the Graham family, passes away, her daughter's family begins to unravel cryptic and increasingly terrifying secrets about their ancestry. The more they discover, the more they find themselves trying to outrun the sinister fate they seem to have inherited. What? You going? Making his feature debut, writer-director Ari Aster unleashes a nightmare vision of a domestic breakdown that exhibits the craft and precision Oh, fuck this. Give me one. Of a nascent auteur transforming a familial tragedy into something ominous and deeply disquieting and pushing the horror movie into chilling new terrain with its shattering portrait of heritage gone to hell. I I do not know what that word is. Nascent? Nascent? Nascent. Is it like the opposite of ascent? Nascent is a Precision of a nascent... I don't know what that word is. So I was like, I'm not going to say the word and pretend as if I know what it is. So just... Nascent is just coming into existence. Is that how, is that, how Beginning it's said? Beginning to display signs of future potential. Can you get the mnemonic on that for me? Because uh, I'm currently winning by three, and if I could stay by three, I said nascent. Nascent. Ooh, nailed it. No, you didn't. So I said nascent. Nascent. That's exactly what I said. Thank you. Still up three. Ooh, look at that shot, too, on the steps. Oh, mm -mm. What? That was the British pronunciation. The American is nascent. Oh, fuck off. Nope. Hold on. I think he's British. Hold on. If it has multiple... If it has multiple... That's bullshit, because I know I've mispronounced a name that could have been pronounced multiple ways, and you counted it against me. That is bullshit. Look, you will just... No, fuck, he's American. I, I... It's up to you. Just know that it'll have an asterisk on it forever. That's fine. Um, <laughs> that's fine? I mean, you're counting it? Yeah. I think that's horseshit, but... I think you're horseshit, so don't worry about it. Hey, so... When's the last time you had to sit in somebody's arms and bawl your eyes out after watching a movie, Samantha? I don't remember. What? What do you want me to do? You want me to argue with you that never happened? Obviously, it happens by bringing it up. I've come to peace with it. It's fine. Talk, talk to the people. I, about what? It's pronounced nascent. Look, this movie is creepy as fuck. And it terrified me to my core. And I was hysterical afterwards. And that's all I have to say. That's I it. had no idea that you were going to so viscerally react to this movie. Uh, I did not either. It was one of the crowning achievements of my life. Yes, because you had so much to do with this movie. I picked it! Yes, yes, because you consulted Ari Aster and Tony Collette. And the- you could have picked Midsummer, and I hate to tell you, you probably wouldn't have had this visceral reaction. You probably still would have had one, but nothing like this. Yeah, wow. Uh, 
I had never seen this movie from beginning to end. I'd seen cool. a, a, most of it throughout clips and you know YouTube analysis and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was excited to watch it for the first time. I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, now, he, here's the question I have to ask you before we really deep dive into it and get into it. So, can so you were terrified by this movie? You sure. thought it was horrifying, creepy as fuck. Why do you think you had such a a, a visceral reaction? I to couldn't it? tell you. It is probably from some trauma in my life. The the point of view of the movie is like from the mother and just being in that headspace, you know, trying to like put yourself in like the character's shoes and like what she deals with once her mother dies and that relationship and then talking about her family's history and then her kids and everything that happens with that. I think it was just, it just like hit a nerve. But I don't know why, because I don't have any fucking demon people in my family. Right, you, you don't, right? Not that I'm aware of. If there was any family that did, and I love your family, it would be your family. <laughs> and it would be my fucking luck that I married into this. Pot meat kettle. So. My family's too boring to have demons. <laughs> Fucking demons we got. Ain't no such thing as Ohio demons. There's some sh- shitty guy in a bar in Cincinnati right now being like, you know, they used to call me the Ohio demon. <laughs> um, um, I, I honestly don't know why. It just hit every one of my buttons. So I thought you were going to react much earlier because the, the trauma of losing a child due to tragedy is you know, a pretty heavy subject, but the way in which it is done in this movie is so... Like, I was reacting the whole time. Like, I, like I have a lot of notes. Like, I, I had to get my feelings out somehow, yeah. and I was just typing them all in. So, yeah, I was reacting. I just, I don't know, I just, after the movie, it all kind of, like, hit me, and I was hysterical, like... You had to to sit in my lap and get, like, cuddled to calm down. I had to call my mom, and it was 11 o'clock at night. And me and her mom just laughed at her? And just laughed at me. (laughs) And I waited the whole time to go, the the, the tick that uh, Charlie, the little girl, has. Real nice. uh, Who is basically, she is possessed by this demon uh, prior to her passing. Um... But that scene is, like, one of the most visceral things ever. Because, like, if that sort of thing happens in a movie, you don't see it, usually, right? Like, I remember, like, what a big deal it was on The Walking Dead when you saw, like, the first, like, kid get, like, bitten. Like, usually that stuff happens off camera or you don't see it happen. And they finally, like, went there. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, this is a child, a a 13-year-old or 12-year-old, I think, getting beheaded at high speed, and then you get a close-up on its rotting oh, head with oh. ants on it in the midst of that child's mother off camera. Finding the body. And screaming bloody murder about it. Uh, and it's so bold... And so, so this this is why I like this style of horror movie or I scary movie. So, 
So a couple. Th- uh, so I, I kind of got off track here, but what I was going to ask you. So two part question: Would you prefer like a slasher, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger style horror movie? I don't. Or and you don't like either. But if you had to pick one, would you prefer something like that, or would you prefer something like this? I don't like gore. Yes. I think that's the thing I like least because, like, when you talk about horror, I lean more towards like the thriller, like the suspense Mm -hmm. thriller kind of horror like get out sure but this should be right up your alley then because no because what's more suspenseful like this is a movie that doesn't rely on jump scares it doesn't rely on sure did not really sure did jump scare that fucking person at the end hiding up in the corner okay well fuck that so different so if I think fuck that you got scared oh no 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 then that's what I'm saying like that's (laughs) great the difference, what I mean, is like that is using yeah, artistry. That is using with that fucking owl in that funhouse. That's a jump scare. So, so there's Punch a difference. It in the face. There's a let me talk. There's a difference between using camera work and like mise en scène and framing a scene and utilizing your space to like like terrify people or surprise people or shock people. Whereas a jump scare is just you're in the movie as a ah! like you know what I mean like if you wake up the baby I'm gonna kill you the the like so a character is expecting to like open a door and nothing happens and they turn around and the music amplifies it and the person amplifies it and it's just prying on people's like expectations. Scarier is seeing what's happening and not knowing why it's already happening. So when Tony Collette is walking on a fucking wall like a fucking spider out of nowhere and then standing up on like the ledge of the house and you think that's her but you're not positive, that shit is scary. But uh fucking you know, Michael Myers appearing with a knife out of nowhere like that's not scary to me. So my question to you is I know you did not like this movie, right? No, I fucking hate it. I hated it. Can you appreciate it? Sure. Okay. I was worried that you just going to be like, no, fuck that, you know? No, I'm not. I don't think I've ever been like that. I mean, I think we've done movies before that I'm like, it just, I hated it. I thought it was boring. It was bad, whatever. I still think it's revered. It's just not my cup of tea. Cool. I hate movies like this. Absolutely hate it and purposefully don't see movies like this because I don't enjoy getting to that point. I don't enjoy it when movies take you to that point. I don't I don't have fun. You prefer movies to be a pure and pure escape. Yes. Yes. And I understand that there are people who think that this is an escape and that's cool. Y'all are fucking animals. (laughs) But I just am not in that boat. And great, yes. The cinematography was great. I think that the practical effects were... Practical effects. Impeccable. I mean, I can appreciate it. I can appreciate everything that they did with, like, the miniatures the and the... production se- design I mean, and the staging sure, and the zooming yes, and the yes, camera work. great. Check, check, check. But fuck this movie. I mean, still. Like, so, I... And, and you're not going to get me to, to change my mind about that. I just have such a... A hard time with it, and I think that just grief, the grief just, like, came through the screen, and I think that that's what upset me so much. 
It's just, like, the overall grief of it. Because it's not like it was, like... It, it was a scary horror movie. But on top of being a scary horror movie, it was just so full of grief. So... So my question is why... I'm trying so hard not to cry when I'm talking about it. But I'm like, tears running down my face. Like, but that's, like, that's what the movie is trying to get you I know, to do. But I don't like to get to this point. I'm at this point so much. I don't want to be at this point. I think I've talked before about how pretty much the one thing that I'm like terrified of in life is death. Yes. Right? And like the nothingness apparent nothing, supposed nothingness, mm-hmm. right? And so I've I've had a few people that have been close to me that have that have passed away in my life, right? I'm in my thirties and I'm they late are not, early thirties. Early late thirties. Late early thirties? Late early thirties. I'm thirty four. Okay. So I've I've had a couple people and, and you know I just feel an immense amount of grief thinking about what the world will be like, mm-hmm. you know, when more people who are close to me start passing, because mm-hmm. it is only a matter of time. Because unfortunately, that's one of the certainties of life, right, is that it ends, and just to think of how it could end so horrifically, you know. And, and I know that this is like a fantasy horror movie because it's yeah, about last I, Last I checked, uh, Pagan is not an actual demon or something. Well, it, it was Pyman. But Pyman, pa- sorry. Pagan is a, is a religion. Sorry, I meant Pagan. There are I meant a Pyman. lot of people who follow it, right? So, like, the possibility of it. Obviously, I know it's, like, exacerbated and everything like that. But, you know, so I get that there's, like, like uh, uh, heightened elements to it and things that aren't actually going to happen. Like, there's not really such a thing as mm-hmm. possession and things like this, right? That's why, like, The Exorcist was such a famous movie because stuff like that doesn't really happen from a practical standpoint. And I know that because I'm super practical. But just knowing that, like, how you deal with just horrific circumstances because yes, Charlie was possessed by this demon, but that's not what killed her. Right? Like she went into anaphylactic shock and was killed because she was trying trying to to get air. Right. Right. So like, I think that's what's scary. Like that. It's like the normal normalness almost. Of, mm-hmm. of that and obviously it heightened and it you know went to a different place but I, I, I don't know I just think that's the I don't know how I, else to explain it I'm no, starting no, to shake too like I this get, is everything I wanted uh, <laughs> I, th- I think that's why I was so surprised as to what your reaction was because like I was anticipating you to get that way earlier so once it gets into like seances and possession and things like that those themes, basically once the dinner scene is done, then that's kind of like the apex for that factor. And then you kind of come down on the more supernatural elements. Right. So I, I, I don't know if you, I'm guessing you're just kind of like, you know, in the movie and like processing it all. And then once it all ended. Yeah. I mean, the ending. You, you want me to read my notes? Sure. 
creepy ass little girl. My, creepy ass family. My first creepy ass setting. Never mind. You don't have to read your notes. Uh, <laughs> my first note was: Let me guess. Sam will hate the girl. She creepy. You know I mean, who it was good is? casting. Oh yeah, she was. She's very good. She's a Broadway actress. She uh, was the first Matilda on Broadway. Good for you, pigeon lady. That's a child, Samantha. Pigeon girl. <laughs> You're terrible. What? It was good casting. What? She was creepy. I believe she has the same thing as Dustin from Stranger Things. The uh, like the like mouth? the mouth and like like facial. Okay. I... So so she was still creepy. Dustin, I've never viewed as creepy. I I, I mean I don't know. He hasn't been possessed yet. Give him time. I don't know. Yes, so the movie does start, you know, I, I think my least favorite part of the movie is that it does have a very slow start. I, I, it takes some time to get into what is going to happen. It sets the stage so well, literally, by, you know, some terrific, like you said, practical effects and camera work. Amazing production design, the way that, the, that you know, some slow zooms are used to just put you in these scenes, like the, uh, the, the grief counseling scenes and whatnot mm-hmm. are just so well done. But it's, it's hard to get into. I think that's done purposely because the last 20 minutes, 25 minutes of this movie are just fucking bonkers. And it's just... Alright, well, if you thought the beginning was slow, well, bam, 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 bam. Mm-hmm. That's her head on the fucking door trying to get up to the, the, the crawl space you know, of the I, roof. I, I got it. Uh, trying to track down her son. So, yeah. and also, like, kind of... it. Eventually, everything kind of makes sense, but it definitely holds some of its cards back purposefully. And that, you know, obviously every line is purposeful of what the story is at hand and that she didn't have a good relationship with her mother. She was surprised at how many people came to support, you know, when her mother passed away. And her daughter was close to her mom and has not been acting right since her mother passed away. And then when the daughter dies and the family, you know, is torn apart... Um, there is this, this Pyman, this entity that's been looking for a male host anyway, which I find funny that the child was named Charlie as a way to kind of appease that. Um, and this secret society, this cult has to, has to find a way unbeknownst to us to get, um, Pyman into the, Pyman into the sun, its intended host this entire time. Right. Because... Of the bad family blood, and and that's just kind of what ended up happening. And, and it's and it's Tony Collette's descent into madness, trying to handle her grief and connect with her daughter, and then solve these things while her family is imploding. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I loved it. Um, it. I am not one to hate the feeling that a movie will put in your stomach. Because I watch or experience movies 
for the purpose of like living out and like seeing yeah, people's you, visions. Bro. No, like fuck that's, you, bro. Like if I go to a comedy, the goal is to make me laugh. If it does that, it's successful. If you get other things, then great. The point of a movie like this, a horror movie, is to scare me and to like put these feelings of dread and emotions inside of me. And when I see at a, a fucking high school party a bunch of not, nuts getting chopped up and then a couple minutes later this kid eating a chocolate cake, like from right there I was like, fuck, you know? Because they've already laid the groundwork for... Like, this, like, there can't be anything else that can happen to this family. And then the worst right. possible imaginable uh, thing does happen. Yeah, and I was um, like... I do have a nitpick. I thought about that. I was like, I thought this girl was the fucking bad guy. I thought she was going to be yeah. the bad guy. Yeah, it's, 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 I, it's a nice twist. <laughs> That's a weird thing to say. A nice twist when the, the, when the teenager gets the captain. I thought, I was like, how insane that twist just was. I... I was a little bit in shock that they went there, I think, at first. Sure. Then it wore off as everything started escalating. Here's a couple, here's a nitpick. A a lot of people have lauded that whole sequence, and I I, I do agree it is absolutely incredible. But is there any way or any person that would do what Peter did and just be in that state of shock? To just leave her headless body in the car. I I don't know. So, I think that's a better question to ask somebody who's been in a situation like that. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to say, I don't know. I haven't left a headless body in the car I haven't left a headless body in the car. No, I've never, thank God, never been in a situation like that. Where I did something. Like, I, I made a decision or I was doing something and it killed someone or decapitated someone or injured someone thank god i've never breaking done news that. Yeah. except for you <laughs> with that penis from earlier um so i i can't answer that i i don't know but i do know that people process shock differently oh, of course yeah. so your body shuts down and your brain shuts down stress anxiety shock any of those any of those emotions can they can alter like the chemistry in your brain and make you black out make you act different all that kind of stuff that's why that's why you know stress and anxiety are such big problems but I'm sure like if I've ever done something and I'm like shocked from it I ever got shocking news you know sometimes and they portray it a lot in other mediums. Like, somebody gets shocking news and they're just in a haze walking around mm-hmm. or something like that. So I would say it's like a haze, like a shock-induced haze or something. I don't know. I, when I'm driving and someone gets decapitated, I'll let you know exactly how I react. Thank you. I appreciate that. But I don't know. I, I, what, so I, I don't think that's so much a nitpick. I can see that as being a potential reaction. It was it was almost too extreme, yeah, at least for my how consciousness. Sixteen. Uh, so so I had it. So I think I think that's what it is. Is I think he's either sixteen or seventeen. Because okay. I asked like, what's the age difference and why his mom would even say like, oh, take Charlie, take the weird kid to this party you want to go to. 
I was like, are they even in the same school? And I think they only had like a three or four year age difference. It just right. felt bigger. Well, to, yeah, to but me. so this kid's 16, right? He was high as fuck, mm-hmm. right? His little, like. Probably still had a little boner because. Sure. His crush. Right. And his, fam- his crush. His family's been going through it, mm-hmm. right? This is his sister's mom's insane. Like, you know, like. I think that we can chalk it up to being like his a mom shock. wasn't insane. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, but every sixteen-year-old boy thinks that their mom is insane. Or thirty for a boy. But you know what? I, so I, I think that it's a reasonable okay. portrayal of point noted a reaction that could happen. So point noted. Um, the stretch. I want to defend shit out of this movie. Don't make me. Is do there it again. anything that you liked about the movie? Fucking no. Let me see. I said, like, like the stretch after the no beheading. No seance shit in my house. The seance, I wrote seance, fuck Especially that. Especially for that like, creepy ass, fuck that. She been there the whole fucking time? Fuck that. Fuck that dog. Fuck that mom. <laughs> I said, that poor dad just trying to sleep, man. God. He's just there trying to sleep. Poor Ga- Steve. Gabriel Byrne is poor not going to be the MVP of the movie, but Gabriel Byrne is so yeah. underrated in this movie. He, He's just so resigned. He has this quiet strength about him and then this resignment to him as well that's just like, God, man, fucking go get a mistress. Like, you deserve it, pal. Like, go on fucking Temptation Island, bro. <laughs> exactly. Go, go get your dick wet, Gabriel Byrne. Um, the, but that stretch after the death of just like the grief and like the seances and like that dinner scene, that's the worst dinner of all time of of them just like unleashing on one another and just like some great criers in this movie. Um, I didn't like the second seance so much. Say, good thing that was on the back of the box. Say, we gotta say, um, the second seance was not so much because it was a little over the top, especially the especially the kid. You know, there I, there's a thing it's that happens a lot where I, I hate when like sixteen and seventeen year olds in movies in movies are like mommy, like at at like the point of like like utteral max fear. Sure. It, so I, it prob- again, uh, I, again. Just like I was talking about, probably is legitimate. Probably is a way that certain people cope. But but I'm a big tough guy. I've never had to say that. I don't call my mom mommy, mommy, nanny. So I'm a big tough guy. It, do, it wouldn't be what I do. It wouldn't be what I do because and I'm it big tough seem guy. Realistic is what uh, I was going to say. Uh, so thank you. How many seances so have you ever been a part of in your life? None. I don't want to know your answer. Why? How many have you had? A few, actually. With my mom. <laughs> You're fucking kidding me, right? No. Not like with all the candles. and the, Like, we played with the Ouija board a few times. You friend of the show, my best friend, Carly Coffee. She's done a few seances in her life. So my last question on the podcast was going to be, which one of our friends and family is most likely to be into this shit? Carly. And Carly Coffee is 100,000% the answer. Sorry, sorry, just added you, girl. All right, who's number two? Tatiana. Sometimes. 
Yeah. Part-time. Part-time. Part-time seancer. Part-time seance. Um, okay, I'll allow it. Who, who would you have in your... I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea. Eh, actually, yeah, I do. Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. But, never mind. Spencer, Spencer never watches mind. this movie and thinks it's a documentary. Um, I'm really sad I haven't gotten Jillian to click her, click her tongue at you. Um, that's, that's great. I was waiting the, punch whole, her in the, the whole time. I won't just... punch her. No, I won't punch her. What is your problem? I just react. Um, the the intent the intensity of this movie, like I mentioned earlier, in the last twenty to thirty minutes, is so great. Especially with like how unparalleled the editing gets. There's like when it gets into like some like the dream stuff. So like when she's sleepwalking again, and she's arguing with her son, and like the paint thinner stuff starts happening. Because she had that uh, previous dream where she... She didn't have a dream. She actually, she actually threw slept walk and throw, threw paint thinner on them and tried to like burn them alive. Was just... It's like... Kind of what I was just talking about with the father. Like I like when movies put you in this totally unpredictable world with these characters where you can't trust anything. Because at a certain point... Like, I thought that she was totally in on it and, like, wasn't being influenced or taken over or, or what, however you want to call it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that she was the one behind it all. Like, it was totally believable. Especially when she was, like, begging her husband to throw, like, the book in the fire. And then as soon as Bitch she does... Bitch forgot to stop, drop, and roll. So the first thing they teach you in school. When you're possessed by... So does she get possessed by payment? I, I, th- I think so because think towards the end. Well, I think I think as soon as that book goes in the fire, and her husband is engulfed in flames, there's that thing where like she's reacting to it, and then she just goes like dead eyed, like she just like is in a trance. Yeah. And so then she's climbing on walls and shit, and then she's she is cut sawing her head off with a piano uh, piano wire. wire. Um, and in the smartest move in horror movie history. The kid just flat out runs through a second story window to try to escape. Like, that's exactly what I'm doing. 100%. 100%. And as he's laying on the ground, you see that little light find its way to him. That light happens after you hear her head thud on the ground from inside the house. Right, well, there's light all throughout the movie. Oh, of course. But that's like the definitive one where like you see it land. Yeah. So it's a connection of she's gone, light, bam. Like, that's how I that's associate the spirit, it. spirit, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you just have a bunch of creepy naked people. Ari Aster yeah. loves naked, naked, creepy people. Don't worry. This is great. Nothing compared to Midsummer. Great. But you know, like, I mean, even before, like when they went up in the attic, when she found, like, I would not go up there. I hate going up in our attic anyway. Can't even walk in our attic. Just standing on the steps. Cool. I hate even opening the thing. Let's go up there but right now and see what, I, we can actually do it right now. Do you want to go up there on, on the podcast live and see what's up there? Absolutely not. If I opened up that thing and a bunch of flies started coming out. Woo! Nope. 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 I'm going to call the fucking exterminator. I wouldn't go up. Call a fucking exterminator. I'm just the police. I have flies. <laughs> I have flies in my attic. And so you say, non-emergency line. Can you send someone to see what's going on? No, it probably is an emergency. But I, I did like how you didn't know until that point that there was that Dead, decomposing body smell in well, the house. Well, you knew you, you knew, knew that there the was something. The grave had been desecrated 
because it like he's right. hiding it from her the whole time. You knew it was desecrated. Yeah. I didn't know that the body, body was, was dug up, right? You knew that there was like the house was smelling, mm-hmm. but you didn't know what it was. And then that, but like, you cannot pay me enough money to go up there. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And then and then she makes him go up there. What the fuck? It's like that fucking raccoon. It's like the fucking raccoon from the Geico commercial. It's like, this thing oh is so God. nasty, you need to taste you it. You have no right to talk, because anytime there is a bug in the house... No, I made you come and look at it, so you could just No, I still it killed it! You still made me fucking kill it, so you have and no right to be like, it. oh, this motherfucker making yeah, him go up there it. and do this. I wouldn't do it. You'd make what? me do it! I so don't, don't flame her! No, I'm flaming him for going. She said, no, fuck that, call the exterminator. What's up there? It's probably your dead mother! <laughs> it's probably your dead mother. Fuck this movie. I hated it. I said, turn on some lights. Move the fuck out of this house. I really dug Who the Who is ending. that? Why are there naked people? Why are there naked people? It's... it's And, uh... You gotta amp up the... The creepiness. We got a bunch of naked people, uh, you know, oming and chanting as... I'm not sure I understood the ending. Uh, so that's... So Pyman is here, and he's in. He's in uh, fucking Peter now. The prophecy's been filled. They win. The bad people win. The family is is gone, and the demon is is risen into him. But, but I I I think maybe then I don't I didn't understand the lack of anything on Peter's end. What do you mean? From, like, I feel like since the possession happened, whatever, mm-hmm. that there's just, it was just, like, void and blank in terms of, like, facial expression yeah, and things like that. But there's probably I would some kind of... think that there would be a more sinister turn to indicate visually. I don't think so. I think it takes some adjustment because I, that, that's kind of like what Charlie is, right? Like, Charlie's kind of she, like dead-eyed cre- and, and yeah, creepy. Yeah, dead-eyed and creepy as cutting fuck. Cutting the heads off of dead birds and stuff. Cool. That was a jump scare. It's like that bird hitting the window is a jump scare. You know what I mean? That that's, was the MacGuffin of the movie. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> the ending is definitely kind of open to interpretation a little bit, and Ari Aster definitely does that. Um, in between this and Midsummer, that you know what kind of what does it all mean? There's a lot of symbolism of some of the animals and the symbols and the drawings and kind of how it's pieced together by having, I guess, having these like blood family relics all headless, right? Like, so the the visage they have built of payment has Charlie's head on it, and then. Uh, the mom is like the original mom is there and she's been decapitated. And then Tony Collette's character, of course, sawed her head off and is there. So I, I don't know kind of exactly how it all pieces together, but basically you're left with evil is alive and well in <laughs> this fucking town and his family. Cool, 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 cool. And cool. whatever is going to happen happens. Um,. Yeah, I'm fine with the way he kind of acts because how the fuck are you gonna act if you've been possessed by the the what was it like the demon of mischief or something is what it's called? It's or... not fucking Loki. No, but I think that's what it is. Should I Google this right now and go down no. a fucking deep rabbit hole? No, please, because then the cops are gonna show up at the door. Nope, I already got it. Nope. Oh. Pyman meaning. Uh. 
trying. Hold on. Time and meaning. It's he's a demon. Um, the lesser key. Uh, he's he's a second to Lucifer. He's the. Um, oh, he's like he's like yeah, Lucifer's king understudy. King of hell. Yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> you know, I just realized. Fuck. I decided this whole time I've been like, Charlie reminds me of somebody. Looks like Stephen Smithwick. <laughs> uh, if you're listening to this, I'd be fucking surprised. Um, let's get into some awards. MVP, LVP. I think the MVP is very, very easy. It's this Tony is Collette. this is one of the greatest performances. It's Tony Collette. She's amazing. I think I have ever. She's fucking so, even seen. even if. For nothing else, that pain in that you feel when she finds Charlie's body. Yeah. Like that reaction alone. That is number Ugh. one. And then her at the grief therapy, like laying it all out is number two. Her at the dinner scene, number three. Just her facial expressions and like she is her, on another fucking ascent. level. Like her, her height, her heightening, beat after beat after beat. So she got some award consideration, and she unfortunately because this is a horror movie that did very well at the time of its release. I think it might still be a a twenty four's highest grossing movie. Um, this is one of those movies that you are not in the minority in terms of like a general populace. Like, the cinema score for this was like a D plus because people don't like to experience these things. It's they're, really, they're, really... They're just going to like a ha-ha-hee-hee, you know, well, horror movie. Well, yeah, and like, to be fair, like... <sighs> to be fair, if I go... Like, I'd rather go see, like, Amityville Horror. I once saw the Amityville Horror, like the newer one. That Ryan I Reynolds? Yeah, that one. Why? I saw that movie too. I saw that in theaters with... Why? I was in high school, man. I saw it with some girlfriends. No, you weren't. You had to be in college. No, I wasn't. I was in high school because I saw it with a couple girlfriends of mine who I weren't wasn't I'm friends with after high school. Pretty sure. Yeah, that movie came out in. Yeah. Tell your story. Sorry. Well, I saw it with a couple girlfriends from high school, and oh, 2005. You're right. Yeah, so. I just remember sitting there and I just was cracking up the entire time, and. Maybe because it was the ridiculous kind of horror, because I don't feel like that kind of horror can happen. And I had this argument with Juan, my one of my coworkers today, today or yesterday, one of the days where you know, supernatural horror or horror like that that isn't realistic isn't as scary to him as serial killers mm-hmm. because that's more more probable, I guess, in, in our hmm. in our world, right? And I get that. Um, but I don't know. I just my number one choice when I go see a movie isn't horror, but I deal with so much of this mental anguish in my everyday life. I don't want to have mental anguish when I'm trying to be entertained as well. Fair. But that's also why I don't like to watch horror movies, don't like to read horror movies. I I you know I once read, I once read a book when I was in middle school, and it was the scariest book I've ever read in my life. And I've never read a horror movie, a horror book since then. Like, 
Uh, see, I couldn't be scared of a book, I don't think. Well, because you don't have any imagination. Like, Fuck you. <laughs> what uh, did you think I was going to say? So best actress for that year was Olivia Coleman in The Favorite. She famously upset uh, Glenn Coates and The Wife. Haven't seen either one of those. Uh, the only one I've seen was Lady Gaga and A Star is Born. So those top three right I mean, there those are, are pretty heavy hitters. But the other two, Yelitsa Apricio and Roma. And then Melissa born. McCarthy in Can You Ever Forgive Me? I, again, haven't seen those, but I find it hard-pressed to not recognize Tony Collette. Just like Florence Pugh in Midsummer, she did get nominated for Little Women, but I felt like she is such a revelation. I don't know what it is about Ari Aster. Just emotionally crippling these poor women on camera and getting these incredible pieces from them. But he does a phenomenal job. Uh, so yeah, she's MVP, and she we're going to probably be talking about her at the end of the year, if I, if I have my druthers. LVP. Um, so we've already talked about Gabriel Byrne being great. Um, I like Alex Wolf. I think he has some moments where he maybe is not necessarily, you know, the most appropriate reaction, but in those quiet moments of, you know, his shocked emotionalists or, like, agonizing deadpan faces. I think he does a good job. Mm-hmm. It's also weird because like the only other thing I've seen him in is fucking Jumanji. So, <laughs> you know, it's a little difficult to like judge him Super in Jumanji difficult. and him in this. Super difficult. Um, my LVP is nothing like special. My LVP is Mallory Bechtel. She played Bridget. Uh, his, Who the fuck is that? That's uh, Peter's like love interest. I didn't like how she looked at him in the classroom scenes. So, like, my theory, smelling something. yeah, you know, my theory is always that those characters like this are like it's supposed to be in the movie more, but they like find the actress is just shitty, and like this they cut them out, like they just trusted her to like, kind of look at him, and she has a couple lines like at the party about like I think your sister thinks I'm I think she says like retard or something. No, no, uh, your sister drew me the other day. She made me look like oh, a that's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Inappropriate. Yeah, inappropriate, but, but that's not on her. Uh, that's something that a 16-year-old girl would probably say. But, I don't know, just didn't like her energy, didn't like the way she was. I, uh, I haven't mentioned Ann Dowd, who is a wonderful character actress, and she does a great job at being, like, like so welcoming and, like, trustworthy, yeah. and then she's just, you know, kind of like yeah. the ringleader of all of this. And I think that was, like, super interesting, too, to be, like, like... I didn't even know this person knew my mother and, like, how deceptive people can be. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I mean, I just think that this movie did have a lot of layers. And I think yeah. I had such a visceral reaction to it because I don't like having to examine any of those layers. You don't like having to think know? in a movie. No, it's not that I don't like having to think in a movie. You made me out to be some dumbass who doesn't like to read or think. I like to do both of those things. I just you know, do enough of it outside of the two to three hours that I spend watching movies that it's not my number one go-to thing to do. But I don't have a problem with it. I just, you know, completely lost my train of thought. Um, (laughs) No, I just don't, I just, I just don't like when movies make you Yet, I said it before. I don't like it when it gets to that point. 
I I like being pushed to the edge. But I don't like being pushed over the edge. And I think that that this movie treads the line, but it definitely pushed pushed me over the edge. I'm sure other people. So Mallory Bechtel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she is the lead in, she was the lead in Dear Evan Hansen, for female-wise. So, um, I'm sure we'll see her in other things that we'll end up liking, but for right now, she is the LVP of Hereditary. Uh, there was another point I was going to make, and I lost it. Uh, do want to point out, uh, my love of miniatures is now over because of this movie. Uh, shout out to Rich again, getting a lot of uh, airtime on the podcast today. Rich loves the miniature room at the uh, famous Chicago Art Museum. I've seen it three times, I believe. And I will never go in that room again. Like, why the fuck are you going to put your fucking child's beheading in your miniature display? That's how display? she processes. That's how she processes. Fuck that. Everyone processes differently. Fuck You can't that. tell me how to handle my grief. Fuck that. <laughs> With your hobbies, if, if if somebody you love has been beheaded and the next thing I know you're on your computer playing one of your stupid Wizards of Waverly Place game. and not, I've never played that game. And and next thing I know there's like, you have a beheaded character. I'm like, okay, you need to fuck off and go talk to somebody. Because that ain't, that ain't, that doesn't work for me. Okay, but it may work for me. So why don't you mind your own damn business? It's not healthy. What I'm saying. Okay. I don't know. When I have somebody in my family or somebody who I'm close to that gets beheaded and I have to deal with it, I'll let you know. Or who's most likely to get beheaded? You. Because <laughs> I'm a big, tall, dopey fuck that's not going to watch where you're he's gonna, going. Right. You're going to like walk through a doorway. Like You're going to do it to yourself. Like You're going to be like going like up an escalator or something. And it's going to like, you know like how some of them have like, uh, the multiple ones and like it has the the. I'm of, I'm aware of what the concept of escalators are. Yes, I I really hope you go one and you just behead yourself. Thanks. You're welcome. Or just say it like a rap album. Behead yourself. Can't wait for you to watch Midsummer now. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a, a distinct possibility. So I'll go ahead down uh, one of two special series we have coming up. So of course our wrap it up series is almost wrapped up. We will still be doing nominations back and forth. Smith's about to nominate a movie. And then our random selection. We're going to add into the mix. Our can't pick list has gotten pretty large. And it's also made it very difficult for us to nominate movies. So what we're going to do is we're going to put in the rotation a, uh, a random drawing, just from a random number generator, essentially, of... All the movies that are on the can't pick list, whatever pops up, we will be watching. So any movie that was not picked in the past will will be watched. We'll probably do that for a year or two until that, that list gets like manageable, um, because we're basically getting it added on to immediately when we when we do it. Um, so midsummer, could, we could watch it this year. You don't know. Uh-huh. If its number gets pulled. That's what we do. Cool. Um, anything else on Hereditary? Fuck you. Is this the scariest movie you've ever seen? Yeah. This is worse than The Shining. Yeah. Really? Well, I don't... So, I didn't have that same visceral reaction Or The now Exorcist or whatnot. To The Shining. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, also... So... You were a child. Right. When I saw The Shining, I was a child. And, like, something else happened that had that 
fear kind of escalate for mm-hmm. me because I, I said, I watched it and then the lights started flickering in the apartment, right? Like, so like that brought it to a different level for me. And that's why I always said that that was like the scariest movie I've ever seen. When I was three years old, I watched the Chucky movies. Yes. And that's why I'm terrified because what fucking three-year-old watches Chucky? So I'm terrified of Chucky because I was only three when I saw it. It's a dumb fault. It's not. My aunt was supposed to be babysitting me. And apparently I snuck downstairs and turned on the television by myself and, start, and Chucky was on. That story doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. It also, doesn't. I mean, like, Chucky came out, like, in 1988. Like, right. it was already I was on cable. I in 1986. Probably. Yeah, it doesn't. That was different times back then. Anyway. Yeah, I'm glad. I, I'm glad I'm. No, but you to watch I, the I didn't mean like it didn't seen. make sense. Like I didn't see it when I was three. I meant like it didn't make sense. Like I snuck downstairs and turned on the TV, and Chucky just happened to be on, and I just sat there watching it. No, my aunt fucking put me in front of that fucking movie. Here you go. This is about a toy. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Yeah, but where she could so, put that toy on? So. And, and so then that that was scary for me because I was so young. This is the scariest movie I've ever seen. That that's as that's, an adult. That counts for something. Sure. What's your score? No, you have to score first. No, score I picked first. it, so I scored second. No. Yes. Mm-mm. I already wrote my score down. So. Man, I hate this fucking movie so much. It's really hard, but it it was well done. I already talked about it. The acting was good. They had good effects. I don't know. It's hard because ooh, I'm going to like throw up on myself. <laughs> My score's... <laughs> um, I don't know. It's, that's re- it's just really hard to give it something that I think is a fair and accurate score. So I have to like remove myself from it. But no. I'm like still have tears running down my yeah, face. It, it, rectify it however you need to rectify it. You hated it, but you can appreciate it. So sure. what does that equate? I'm going to give it... I don't know, man. I think I, I wasn't prepared for this. I have my two movies. We do this every fucking Ready week. to go. I know, but I wasn't prepared to go first. The person um, that nominates it. I don't pay attention to any of that. For years, that's how we've done it. I don't pay attention to any of that. I'm going to give this movie... I don't know. We haven't really done any other horror movies on the show, have we? Like a horror like this, not like. No, no, we haven't done anything like this. Maybe like a seven and a half. <laughs> that was the most unenthusiastic seven and a half of all fucking time. I really want to give it a one, but I know it's not a one. If you gave it a one, I would honestly tell you to fuck off and give it something else. Cause well, it's I, would, I wouldn't do that. I, I obviously said. I understand it's a good movie, but I hate it, and it made me cry. I make you cry, and you don't hate me. Uh, I'm giving it. <laughs> I'm giving it a nine. Um, like I said, I thought it was great. Uh, we an experience I never forget. Um, took a point off overall because of some of the the slow points I was referring to, some of the uncertainty and unclarity that you feel. But besides that, this is one of the, the better movies of the past like five or ten years that I have seen without question. It didn't even go into some of the other moments. Like when he like starts hallucinating and like 
freaks out and slams his head against a desk and like his face is doing the stuff and his arms going up and the class is is like just like freaking out at it that one fucking asshole's recording it on his cell phone because that I mean that was true to life at the yeah. times and yeah. still is like it just does so much so well it's it's bonkers it's absolutely bonkers I I I look forward to rewatching this this to me has the potential to grow for me personally, kind of like The Shining has, and that, like, I find something new in, like, I, repeated viewings. Cool, you're going to be watching that shit by yourself. Oh, anytime it's on television, I'm just leaving it on. Nope. It's just a way to get here. you out of the room. Not up in here. You go in the other room. Mm-hmm. You have a phone. You have a different house that you can I do have to, to. I'm going to rewatch The CinemaSins on it just to uh, Great. pinpoint some things afterwards. Excellent. You can go live somewhere else. Go live in Lakeland. Well, it is your turn. Your mom has another room. I'm pretty sure if my mom watched this, she would shit her pants. <laughs> uh, next week, X-Men... Hey, Noreen, I got a movie to watch. You can watch with Jillian. <laughs> That's fine. That'd be honestly the most terrifying thing ever, because I'm like, oh, well, you're into some shit then. Uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix next week are... Uh, after that, we only have two more wrap-it-up movies to tackle. Then Miracle... And then you get to nominate two movies. I expect these to be the two most lighthearted puff piece movies <laughs> how did, how did of all know? fucking time. Go how did ahead. You know? Go ahead. Flubber. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was perfect. And and only because I read an article that. Tara Reid said that this was the best movie that she's ever done. Josie and the Pussycats. Because she said that this was the best movie she's ever done, or it was like her favorite movie. And it is like the 20th anniversary or whatever lately because of it. Uh, there's no better encapsulation of this marriage and relationship and this podcast than the fact that I nominated and forced you to watch Hereditary and you just nominated Josie and the Pussycats and Flubber. Yeah. I uh, haven't seen either one. You haven't? No. Why would I have seen either one of those? You've never seen Flubber? Wait a second. You've <laughs> never watched the movie Flubber. So, Flubber... Hold on. Time out. Time the fuck out. All gear till us. <laughs> You've never seen the movie Flubber? No! I would, we would, like, watch it at, like, summer camp all the time. Like, they put I didn't go to dream. summer camp. I was in my house by myself. Man, you didn't you think my mom see... took me to go see Flubber? My mom ain't gonna go see Flubber. I can't believe you've never seen Flubber. That's well, I'm still not. Josie and the Pussycats is my choice. That's my choice. Because I like Josie and the Pussycats, the cartoon. The... I... This is, uh, I hate to tell you, uh, you're going to be disappointed. Well, I'm aware of that. Tara Reed's in it. And I have to hear you bitch about Tara Reed. Josie and the Pussycats is my pick. Oh, man. But this is also Rosario Dawson before she was, like, really Rosario Dawson, so. Still got Rosario Dawson, and it's got Rachel Lee Cook and her scrambled egg uh, drug commercial. What do you think I was going to say? I don't know. Her scrambled egg titties? That's not a thing. (laughs) (laughs) What? Cool. Cool, 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 cool. You're the worst. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. You made me have a panic attack after watching a movie. Yeah, I'm going to do the same exact thing after Josie and the Pussycats, probably. Arcadeo.net slash nothing. I don't know what I'm talking about. You got me so flustered. I got you flustered. 
Thank you for listening. Tara Reid is 45. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I mean, no, she's dead, so that's fine. Um, pretty sure Tara Reid's dead. Arcadeaudio.net is where our podcast is housed, along with other podcasts in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get them. Patreon.com slash ArcadeAudio for bonus content. Hopefully sometime here in the summer we're going to be doing our, our bonus uh, content game series like we've been doing as of late. Facebook.com slash MiriedWithMovies at MiriedWMovies on Twitter. MiriedWithMovies at gmail.com. Of course for me, at your host mel 38 on Instagram for my show Box and Friends where we're raising money for good causes while we show off things that uh, I collect and my friends collect. He's been mentioned many times on the show earlier. Rich Camelucci's got his own show, The Whack Pack, on Instagram, uh, at Rich Cammy. On April 30th, he's going to do an all-day event called The Whackathon Packathon, where he's going to be opening up a ton of cards, again, all for charity, all day long. And finally, for me, my retro wrestling diary, arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle, for funny retro wrestling thoughts. Samantha? Um, at Jam With Your Sam on all social media. Thank you for not interrupting me. You're welcome. Now I feel like 2% mm-hmm. worse that I forced this upon you. But I'm going to have to watch Josie and the Pussycats, so I feel nothing anymore. I don't know what you thought. Do we even have that? We yes, have that movie? I just went upstairs and looked. It's probably from Tatiana or Augie. Oh, yeah, definitely. They actually, uh, hey, let's buy them a movie. This gave it to us. Probably right. Probably. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. Does Tara Reid sing in it? I'm sure she That's going to be the scariest movie I've ever seen. I don't think I'm actually saying. I think Rosario, Rosario Dawson has been like featured on Outcast songs before. Well, she was also Mimi in Rent. True. That's not the hardest part to sing, though, that thing. Pretty hard. Yeah, it's not that hard. I couldn't sing it when we did that karaoke of... Well, you just can't sing. Well, I know, but... Why'd you have to do that? It's gonna lose its... I'll just wait till something creepy happens. Jesus Christ! No. Trying to make you think there was something over there. Don't turn around. Don't turn around. Don't turn around. Jump scare. It's fine. I got this bat over here. Whatever. Let it come over. Don't touch my computer. You are the fakest tough guy of I'm not all the fakest tough guy. No, I'm not the fakest tough guy. I'm not. Because if there was like somebody trying to get into the house, I would hit them with a bat. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. You would cry and run away and make me do it. Well, if you were here. Yeah. Why not? Why should I have to do it if you're here? You're the big, strong man. If I was by myself, I would hit them and protect Jillian. I don't care. I would throw this Tony box at them. I would throw all these toys at them and make them leave the house. I would do whatever it takes to protect Jillian. Don't besmirch my name like that.
Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.